Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hello everyone and welcome to The Bubbling Adventure, a podcast all about kids and how positive education and conscious parenting can impact their entire life as well as society. I am your host Julie and each Thursday we have conversations with guests on different themes and our aim is to have open discussions, share different points of view and learn in a non-judgmental way. Before we begin, I would like to thank you so much for all the love and support but also for your patience for season 2. There are so many great things coming, I also wanted to announce that drum rolls that we now have people listening from 50 countries. <laughs> this is huge, so thank you so, so much. Please keep spreading the word, keep sharing, and don't forget to write a review if you have Apple Podcasts. It truly helps. In today's episode, my former teacher, Nikki, is joining us to talk about how to help children reach their full potential. Nikki has acquired a lot of wisdom over the years, first as a teacher and then as a mother. I love her take on setting boundaries, choosing the long-term benefit approach, why it's so important to be clear about expectations and how and when to open the dialogue. I hope you will enjoy this episode. You can also find us on Instagram at The Bubbling Adventure for daily positive education content. But now that it's said and you all went and subscribed, let's begin. Hi Nikki, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you, Julie? I'm so excited to have you on. So for the audience, Nikki is actually a former teacher of mine. 
from business school in France. So it's a honor. She's always been a role model for me. So I'm very excited to have this conversation with you, Nikki, today. I'm delighted to hear it. I'm so happy to hear you and to hear uh, your voice and to hear how well you're doing. I can hear the sparkle. Usually you say a sparkle in your eye, but here it's a sparkle in your voice. Um, <laughs> I'm delighted to be here and I'm honored that you thought of me. Of course, how could I not? <laughs> so could you please introduce yourself? My name is Nikki Papadopoulou. Many times people ask me what my nationality is and I say, well, I have three. I am Greek and I lived in both Greece and the United States. I'm Greek and American and uh, I would say that if I could choose my nationality, I would say I'm kind of a don't feel like I'm part of any country. I've lived in different countries. I speak different languages. And diversity in general and international approach is what inspires me. The, maybe many people have had this experience. The more you see and live and see different perspectives, the more stimulating it is. So those, uh, that variety of perspectives uh, is uh, part of my life every day because I'm a deputy dean in the business school where you studied, Julie. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a career before I started teaching and then before I became a, a, a deputy dean. I, was, I studied international relations and my absolute dream was to work in diplomacy or an international organization. I started my career in Mexico, then I lived in the US, uh, then I came to France to work in the corporate sector. So that was a, a very big move for me, for someone that wanted to work in, a, let's say, humanitarian approach. I have been teaching in France for the last 12 years and have been uh, in a dean, deputy dean. Uh, it's hard to translate the terms. That's why I'm having a hard time. <laughs> but anyway, uh, deputy dean for several years. And, and um, my main motivation in my professional life and my personal life is to learn. So if I could say Nikki is what, I would say a lifelong learner. Mm. And that obviously inspired you on how you parent your kids, right? Like all this diversity, this passion for what you do, because you help your, your children, but also your students, right? Uh, exactly. To me, it's very similar. The, it's funny because my students sometimes tell me, uh, or, or now that they come back and some alumni come back to see me, I saw an alumni a couple of days ago, he's 28, so I had him in class, uh, he's the class of 2015, and he was saying, you had kind of a, a mothering role, mm -hmm. uh, as we say in French, maternelle, and I, don't, I never liked that. I did have a student, actually, it was one of your classmates, Julie, who called me mom. <gasps> And I was like, oh, my God, I can't be the mom of this guy. Anyway, now I could have I could be the mom of my students now. Can't say the age difference is it's gotten much bigger. But anyway, I definitely bring that approach to uh, parenting, to my job as a, as a, say, an educator and also in my everyday life uh, interactions. To me, I think one of the things that inspired me to teach was, like you said, being a lifelong learner. And also, it's the really profound desire to help others. And like you just said, help others become the best they can. That doesn't mean I know the answer of how they can become the best they can. That's not an answer. Obviously, I have. And just as happens when you're a parent, 
you know, you have, you get pregnant and then you have babies and they're really cute and you spend all your time with them, uh, you know, when they're little cuddling and, you know, making little sounds like, oh, you're so cute and those kind of stuff. And now my, my two sons, I have two sons, one is 15 and one is 12. And so they're much more grown up uh, and we have lots of different conversations now about lots of things history, human nature, uh, football, any kind of subject you can imagine, philosophy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I realized that it's easier said than done, but the way I try to apply my life uh, philosophy to them, which is, I think uh, if I could say, help them become the best that they can become, mostly by listening and helping them let you know how can I say listening to them I think it's more about listening accompanying and accepting I think what helps us others our children become the best they can is when we're generous with them when we allow them to say and take the positions that they view when we allow them to do things and and make mistakes sometimes when we actually don't even call mistakes mistakes it's something I think about a lot. You know, uh, I know you know, I live uh, since 20, 2003 in France and, and I still, when I first got here, it was a culture shock and I still have culture shocks because often in France, we like to identify mistakes mm-hmm. and we like to punish mistakes. And now that my kids are in French school uh, and now they haven't for a while and even in, in um, what in France is called college, so middle school, at least that's what it's called in the U.S. I don't know what it's mm-hmm. called in other countries, but the, the years between, usually it's between 11 and, and 13 or 14, is it's all about punishment. It's all about repercussions. Yeah. And in fact, I think that uh, sometimes it's true that we have, well, I mean, we have to set rules. And I actually think that helping people become the best of themselves, either students or children, is to set rules. But it's also important not to make rules about how can I say, checking something and just saying, yes, it's done, or I did it the right way. It's about allowing people, your children or your students to understand, to internalize the message. And I had a lot of debates, and I'll tell you how I apply this to parenting, with my students, I really remember really well in 2012, I taught a group of students, lots of classes in their second year, and second year students are uh, really unruly, in the U.S., second-year students in university are called sophomores, which comes from the Greek sopho moro, which means wise baby. And <laughs> the second-year students have always been wise, quote-unquote, babies in the sense that they're older, you know, they're 9 or 20, but they're still acting a little bit like babies. They're, they can't really sit in cl- the classroom. Sometimes they can't listen or they can't concentrate. That now they're really distracted with Snapchat and whatever, all of the distractions that exist now. But before it was other things, writing little notes on their classmates' papers, driving, you know, putting in hearts. There there always been things that have distracted them. And of course, that was much more exciting than listening to geopolitics in my class or economics. And they would tell me, you know, when people speak in class or interrupt you, you know, why are you tougher? You should just tell people, you should banish them for your class. Don't spend time, they told me, trying to explain your rules or trying to do anything. Just impose your authority. And I think that teaching and being a parent, imposing your authority is a very short-term solution. Mm-hmm. It inspires fear, but 
Just like a parent, you don't want your kids to do things just because just when you are there, you want them to do it irregardless of where, if you're there or not, because they're not doing it because you told them not to. They're not doing something bad. I don't know. Like, I don't know what playing Game Boy for hours or some video game or whatever, mm -hmm. or, uh, eating junk food. You don't whatever things you don't want them to do, watching too much TV. It's because you want them to internalize it and you want them to do it no matter, irregardless of your presence. And it was the same thing yeah. with my students. I told them my objective is to convince you. I want you to understand my idea and my position. So you're not, not doing it out of fear, but you're doing it because you understand where it comes from. You understand the meaning and the 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 I don't know what's at the heart of the lesson that I'm trying to teach you and of course it takes much longer it's much easier as a parent to punish all the time you know you did this punishment you did that punishment the older you get the harder it is to punish your kids that's one thing it's really important to keep in mind when they're little you can punish them in lots of ways my 12 and 15 year old it's hard to punish them because what am I going to do? Take away their phone. Okay. All they're going to do is feel frustrated. They're not going to get the message. Mm -hmm. um, I can tell them not to see their friends or I can, I don't know what, take away their favorite mangas. But in the end, there I'm causing suffering, but I'm not helping them understand. And I think helping uh, understanding and seeing other people's perspectives and showing respect for those perspectives is really, really important. It's really part of how you can help people become the best that they are. It's you trust them, and so they trust themselves. Right, so could you please give us an example maybe of how you would handle a situation where, I don't know, someone has made, I don't want to say like mistake, but yeah, someone has like one of your kids, for example, has done something that you're not happy about, how would you like sit them down, have a conversation or how would you handle the situation? Oh, la la, this is a big question. Um, <laughs> I would say that's why parenting is, uh, you know, like in French, you say travail de longue haleine. It's something that's a, a long-term investment. It's about creating a relationship. That's why you can't just, arrive just one day and set rules for your kids. It's about constructing, building, and reinforcing them. So I would say that uh, I'll give you an example. I hope it's not too controversial, but you'll tell me if it is. I want my kids to eat well. Mm -hmm. And eating well means for me, it's a very subjective subject issue, yeah. is I want them to eat th everything that's healthy that's proposed to them. And I want them to know what's healthy and get and be appreciate things that are fresh, things that are locally grown, uh, mm -hmm. things that are good for their body. And I started in reinforcing that by making baby food with and mixing vegetables that, you know, I would buy and, you know, that were locally and, and organic. And then they started eating that kind of food and also feeding them the food that we ate. And I remember, and it's still an issue. My friends would come over and they'd be like, why are you, you know, are you, is this what you're going to feed our kids? Because my friends would always have a meal for the parents and a meal for the kids. And mm -hmm. the meal for the parents was something simple. 
um, it was something like often the French fries and a piece of ham or little tomatoes and some other kind of, I don't know, rice. Uh, really simple things that didn't have spices, that didn't have taste, because that's the easiest thing for kids to eat. But to me, it was better to get them used to doing it. So then it became a habit. And now uh, when my, my oldest son turned 10, we took him to a really nice restaurant with all these funny, strange flavors. And they told us we're not supposed to bring kids. And I said, don't worry, they'll eat everything. And they do. So it, that's an example. When my kids do what, let's say you said maybe uh, a mistake, for example, one of the biggest issues is, I'll give you two. One is my oldest son cannot let go of his phone. Yeah. It is absolutely impossible. Now we can't pretend that we don't do the same. That's one of the things. Like what example are we giving? We're stuck. We're like glued to our phone all of the time. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we pretend we adults, I mean, and we, the older people pretend that it's for work, but the truth of the matter is it's not just for work. And even if it were, is it okay to be working at 10 at night every day? No. I mean, we, we make up excuses, but just like he does, he makes excuses of, I need to talk to my friends. It's really a, an emergency. But mm -hmm. the truth is, is that we're giving him that example. So I'm really aware of that. But I also know that if he doesn't stop using his phone all the time and doing these, you know, now they do. I'm talking to you as if you're old, but you're very, very young. Anyway, the new thing you know is these new things, quote unquote, is voice messages. Like you never talk on the phone to someone. You yeah. just give them messages. <laughs> and it's like uh, kind of weird because you're not writing and you're not talking and interacting. There's no dialogue. You're just talking message and then message. Anyway, we figured out that when we tell our son not to do it, he does it anyway. He hides his phone in places. And then he pretends he needs to go to those places. So in the bathroom, in the kitchen, even in places where we'd be happy if he were like where we fold our laundry, he mm -hmm. will put the, he could put the phone there. And it's like, oh, he's there to fold the laundry. What a nice guy. But in fact, he's not folding the laundry. <laughs> he's actually doing these messages. Anyway. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. 
juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I realized that my husband would get really angry and I would get also upset that he was doing that and not going to bed early or not doing something that we think is constructive, like reading a book. And I realized that I talked to him about it, but talking to him about it is like when I try to explain things to my students, sometimes he, my son thinks I just don't understand. I probably didn't have friends. I probably wasn't a teenager. I probably never was in love with a boy or I never, you know, whatever. He thinks that I'm just this old person that was always old and that's a human thing. (laughs) Yeah, you're laughing because you know it's not true, but we don't imagine that either about our professors or about our bosses. That's true. I'm laughing because I was thinking the same and I was always having a hard time imagining my, my parents being kids, you know? Exactly. Right. You, you thought like they couldn't have been teenagers. They couldn't have been done something silly, like drink too much or whatever. No, they anyway, didn't have a life before I arrived. You <laughs> arrived. Right. And, and then when you arrived, all they did was were parents. They didn't have <laughs> other desires, motivations. Yeah. So you realize that with time, there's nothing that uh, aside from time that can help you become aware of that. And that's one of the things when you're a parent, you are keep on thinking, oh, okay, in 15 years, they'll understand. But of course, 15, you know, that's not where it's the same thing as, as teaching. I know that three months after my students finish their studies, they understand things that I tried to explain to them for months. And the older they get, the more they come back and see me and they're like, oh, I remember this. Now I understand. I'm like, oh, now you understand. But anyway, that, that nonetheless, at the time, it's important. It's not understood. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, what I do with my son, I can't explain. So I try to explain to him why it's important. It's good. It's better for his health. He needs to get sleep. He's worried about, you know, having nice skin and uh, looking rested and being in good shape. So have, have, having a muscular body, it sounds like a big, uh, like he's some kind of bodybuilder, but anyway, you know, looking good. And I tell them that him, that if he doesn't give time to his mind and if it doesn't rest and if he doesn't get enough hours of sleep, that's not going to happen. And I'm not saying it works all of the time, but I try to explain why it's not a good idea in the most caring and responsible and respectful way. Because I think that when I show him respect, then he's more respectful of what I tell him. Mm-hmm. And the more seriously he takes what I'm says, it, it's saying, sorry, it's not about mom knows everything, you know nothing, which is traditional parenting. You shut up because you don't know. I talk because I know. And it's not a dialogue. It's a monologue. I try to create a dialogue. Now, 
I'll give you another example. My youngest son is uh, loves reading. He's, he loves thinking. He's a little bit, int- I mean, he loves people, but he also likes to have his own time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you kind of open the door and he's on his own time, quote unquote, he can get really upset. Like if you tell him to um, clean up his room, so I was thinking about it in French, clean mm-hmm. up his room while he's, you know, drawing mangas or whatever, he'll get angry and he'll be like, well, you know, defensive. Now, again, I totally understand. And it's the same thing. I don't, uh, the way I get him to figure out that it's not a good reaction is not by talking when he's in the heat of the matter, you know, when it's, when he's annoyed, that's definitely not the good time to talk because his brain is like on intense red mode and all he hears, you know, no matter what I say, it's like a film. I used to watch Snoopy and in Snoopy, when adults talk, it doesn't sound like they don't talk. There's no words. It's like, I don't know. I can't do it. Well, that's, I know that that's what's happening. When I tell him to do something, when he's in that mode, it's as if it's, it was as if as I was speaking another language or I was an alien or whatever, or I was barking at him. So I know that it, what's important to do is wait, let him come down and then come later on. Sometimes I have to be patient. I've learned to be patient as a parent. I'm usually like to say things right away and get them out of the way because I don't like uncomfortable feelings. But I've realized with my kids, sometimes I have to let things calm down. And sometimes it takes hours. Sometimes it can take a day or two. And then I'll come back and say, you know, when I tried to tell you this, this is what I I thought. And this is what I wanted. And this was my intention. When you did that, this is what I experienced. And this is how I saw it. This is why I think it's important to do this. Um, I'm not going to make you do it, but I want you to understand why I think it's important. And then it it kind of falls into place. I don't want to idealize it, but I realized that using this technique with my kids about their homework, about getting good grades, about being respectful, it doesn't work 100% of the time. It maybe works 70. Sometimes it works 95. Sometimes it works 45. But I feel that we're progressing. And I think that being a parent, it's important to feel like it's not, it's not static. It's dynamic. And keeping the dialogue open is more important, I think, than winning battles. Because as long as you keep the dialogue open, you know what's happening. You know what your kids are feeling, what they're thinking, what their challenges are. When you start closing the dialogue and creating a monologue, that's when you can be excluded. And that's when when, when you can maybe miss out on really important information on what's happening in their lives. Right. So it also teaches them mature like conflict resolution as well that is going to be very useful for them like I'm thinking of like when they have their own kids or even just with their partner later it's so important to be able to also reflect on how you feel or how you felt because again it's good to know how long people need before they're able to resolve the conflict because it can vary from one person to another. So it's good that they also learn their boundaries and when is the best time to actually do it. And then, so you're all about the sort of like long-term gain rather than uh, immediate impatience, which I like. I think it's, it's, it takes a lot of work as well sometimes to not be frustrated, but you're right. Like in the long-term, it makes a lot more impact. 
I th- it's nice of you to, you know, I know you think of me as like, you think, oh, she was my professor, but I think of you as my former student. And I had a Chinese student who told me one day, um, student for, I don't know, one month or I don't know, a couple months, uh, mentor for a year, for a lifetime. And I love that. And I never, I don't set out to be a mentor, but it's it it makes me so happy to see my students do well and grow up. I mean, you know, evolve. And hearing what you just said um, makes me happy because it's nice to have also your understanding about my approach. Um, sometimes I feel like I have to be on the defensive about the way that I do things. Not all the time, but sometimes. Um, and it's nice to see that you understand where I'm coming from. Of course. No, it's uh, it's good, and it's. But I know also I understand that it's hard to do. It's not just that it's the like I I do agree with you that it's like the way to go, but I understand that it's also hard to apply sometimes, and that as a parent you need to also put your own frustrations and like if you had a bad day you need to really be able to put that aside because yeah. otherwise and again it's completely normal to snap as well. Like this of is not what we're trying to do in this episode, saying that you should always choose the the peaceful way. It, it it's just not realistic. Like sometimes, obviously, the frustrations is too big, and uh, you know, it everybody yells, everybody snaps. So that's of course not something that uh, you know. Don't feel bad if you <laughs> if you did a few days ago or whatever, because it's really normal. I I'm happy that you're saying that because I agree, and that's one of the challenges is that. When you work and when you come back, I mean, even if you know at work, everybody works, every parent works. But let's say if you work outside of the home and you come back, sometimes I often come back, especially these last few weeks, really late. And I call my kids to say, can you set the table? Can Because my husband's uh, often traveling. And I call them and when I'm leaving at work uh, from work, I'm sorry, at 7.30 or 8, which is, which is late because that means we're going to eat late and they're going to go to bed late. And I call them and say, set the table, warm this thing up. And I get home and it's like, okay, not exactly done. Sometimes, many times it is and other times it's not. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Sometimes you do snap. Sometimes you do get upset. Sometimes you want to, sometimes you snap. Often we snap at the wrong, you, we all know that. We snap at those that we, that we love and we, that love us. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't snap at your boss a lot often I mean I don't know because you don't think it's you know it's really not a good idea it we snap at people that we love because we know that they'll accept us and it's kind of that strange thing in life that sometimes we're harder with the people that love us the most and I think everyone you this this podcast is about parenting but I think behind every parent is a parent and like you said you were remembering how it was to think your parents didn't have a life before you it's, you know, when you become a parent, you remember how much you snapped and the things that you said. And I remember saying, you know, to my dad things that um, my son, I mean, uh, to, to give credit to my sons, they never said to me, I, I mean, I, I think I was much, much tougher to handle. So we do have to be generous, being generous and empathetic with others is also something we have to apply to ourselves. Right. Have to. We cannot do that if we have to be generous with ourselves. And I know it's called uh, self-care and that's mm-hmm. the word that's used to me. It's just, it's a generosity, but it, 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 there's lots of ways to say it. 
But I, it's really important, like you said, to keep that in mind, not to cut yourself some, it is important to cut yourself some slack. It's important not to be too tough on ourselves because it's that it's that is going to allow other people, I think, to be comfortable with us our, and our parents and our, our kids to feel you, they have to feel like they're growing up with humans. They can't feel like they're growing up with some kind of ideal model, imaginary thing that doesn't exist. They have to see us as humans. And we also say that about managers and leaders before it used to be like, if you were a leader, a manager, people had to see you as some kind of a charismatic leader like um but in reality the leaders we identify and inspire us the most are the ones that are human and that make quote mistakes and sometimes really screw things up and that's okay it's okay yeah as long as again they're able to apologize resolve the the conflict well and, take and it doesn't have to be just like five minutes after as you said sometimes it takes a couple of days but it teaches them that it's it's okay, it's it's normal. And as long as you go back to it to explain, then I think that's the most important part. Because sometimes I feel in a lot of relationships, whether it's with like friends or your parents or your your kids, if you're a parent yourself, some really hard words are are said. Yeah, definitely. It can really cause pain. But this pain can be erased or at least, you know make better if, if you go back to it and talk about it in a, a calm way and really as you said in the beginning listening and trying to understand you know what the damage has been done or like where were you coming from and so on because otherwise it can really leave a, a bad stain on the relationship I really agree and that's why uh, I think it's about communication and explaining like you said and it's also about accepting that I, I, it's funny, the older I get, I, I realize not, we all really can have very different perspectives. And if we don't try to understand where other people are coming from and give them the benefit of the doubt, and I think that's true with people we know very well or not well, we can't advance. We can't make a more profound, stronger, tougher relationship. Tougher, I mean, as in more resistant. Yes. So you're right. We have to, sometimes that means admitting you did, we did something really bad. I mean, are we, you know, our reaction was really inappropriate, but that's part of being able to move forward and creating a deeper dialogue and a more resistant relationship. How can I say it, it solidifies our, a relationship because that way we show our vulnerability we show that we ex we recognize that we don't always have the right reactions and we move forward. And sometimes it, the hardest part is understanding when people react in ways that we just can't understand. Mm -hmm. But it's important to be able to, to listen and to understand and to accept. Exactly. No, this is very true. And is there one last advice that you would like to share? Oh, the last advice I'd like <laughs> to share. My last advice, I think, is that being a parent means uh, taking a look back in how your relationship with your own parents, uh, thinking back to what was important for you and what helped you uh, when your parents were parenting you. It, I think it takes also uh, an acceptance of who your kids are and who you are and a real sense of uh, transparency and honesty of what your expectations are. Because sometimes as parents, we don't uh, realize that we have expectations of our 
kids that we don't express. And we ask them to fulfill those expectations all the time, but without being explicit about what exactly we're expecting. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we get disappointed that they don't do something when we've never even said that we thought it was important because we take it for granted. Yes. And I think it's important to keep that in mind. Mm, that's a very good advice. It happens a lot. Yeah. In any kind of relationship, actually, where you're like, well, for me, it's the bare minimum, but how can the other person know when exactly a complete different life and experiences and so on? So, yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. Uh, thank you so, so much, Nikki. I absolutely loved our conversation. And I feel it was like delightful. Talk for hours. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, no, thank you so much. You're a good person, a good mother. And it was so lovely to, to chat with you. Oh, it, it's so nice to hear that from you. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share if you think it might be helpful to someone you know. If you enjoyed this episode, then please make sure to write a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts and subscribe if you haven't already. That's it for me. See you soon with the next episode. And in the meantime, have a lovely day. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.